I actually think that the pitch meeting went too good because people were <laughs> juiced, man. They had too much espresso. And uh, they're like, he gets us. Meaning, he you know, gets oh, I feel so gotten. <laughs> you know, I feel, I feel so I, yeah, I feel so understood. And, and we could communicate this message. But you I know, know how these pitches go, though. They're, they're, they're hilarious. It's just how you deliver it. Yeah. The, yes. How you sell it. It's like, he gets, gets <laughs> us. <laughs> it's just like, it's that drama. No, it probably started with this. He gets you. Yeah, and then someone said, "Hey, he gets us." And then, and then, and the, like, the room's crazy. Hype, then the room is crazy. crazy. <laughs> hey, Katrina here. So, in this episode, we gave our first takes on the controversial "He Gets Us" campaign. It has a hefty marketing budget. It ran ads during the Super Bowl, the Grammys. You might have caught that. You know, whatever side you land on on this topic, I think you'll enjoy our discussion because um, our purview is exploring how you accelerate ministry innovation. So we do ask questions like, does Jesus really need PR or marketing? What's the purpose of advertising as it pertains to advancing the kingdom? What could one do with millions, and in this case, a billion dollars dedicated to marketing if it was to build the church? We also talked about what the hype is all about when it comes to these hype sessions we've been running here in the Silicon Valley. And we were yet again talking about ChatGPT. Is it biased? Is it woke? Is it based in certain ideologies? So needless to say, this was a fun one for us to do. You'll hear it in our voices. But you know, we want to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or topics you think we ought to cover, or you've got some feedback or some questions, message us at podcast at hypenetwork.org. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure to join our email list as well so that you don't miss any other events coming up. Okay, that's enough from me. Enjoy the episode. Oh man, there's so much we're going to be talking about today. I feel it. Yeah. I feel like all the things you've been sending me. Because uh, <laughs> have you seen the, um, I don't know, like you've got, you've seen the Asbury College. Wait, yeah, hold on. Situation. Are you rolling? You I, just have I was to actually, um, I was actually on a Zoom call where one of the guys who kind of started the whole thing was there. And took us through. Well, I want to. I want to know what's going on because, yeah, like, I don't know what you're talking about. You, ha- you know what I'm talking about? Uh-uh. Revival. It's like this. Well, I mean, is it revival? I mean, it's a 200 hour prayer meeting at the moment. I think. Um, oh, I know. What and you're there's plenty about. of memes coming out. Like, there's people talking about the fact that, um, you know, you've uh, IHOP are like looking at this, going, "We've been doing this for years, nonstop prayer." Yeah. You know what I mean? And right, then, right, right. But then you've got like, is all it because the- it's a Gen Z though? I think it's because it's Gen Z. Yeah. And I think college it's, students, right? So Wait, this isn't the same. This is not the hope for California thing, is it? No, no, this okay, is uh, that's a whole nother. This is in Kentucky. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Asbury, not. Kentucky. Asbury, Kentucky. Asbury, Kentucky. So okay. that's that. Um, that's that whole thing. Anyway, that's happening. It, I, I, cool. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I think I think from my perspective, it's going to be fun to, to see how long that lasts. Um, I said this to my staff. I feel like the the goal, though, is not to just go away for, you know, days and days of prayer, but how do you bring prayer into your everyday? Mm. <laughs> that That's revival. Right. How do you bring prayer into your workplace? Come on. Not how do you go to a chapel and just stay there and pray. I don't know what that changes. Right. I don't know what's exciting about that. To me, mm-hmm. what's exciting is how does someone start it in their school? Right. How do they start it in their workplace? How do they get it going in, you know, right. not in a Christian setting, but yeah. in the worldly environment? Yeah. 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 It feels kind of like a Mecca right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've, you live a lot, you, you live long enough, you see this happen. Revolution yeah. happen. Pensacola. Pensacola, Bogota. Brownsville, all yeah. those kinds of things. And then you go there 
I think the danger of it is like you go there and you think that's where it's at. Yeah. And then it stays there. Yeah. And you can't bring it back. You can't yeah. bring it back. Because it's a moment. It, yeah. It, yeah. Isn't it basically youth camp? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was my phenomenon. Man, we got lit in youth camp and then oh, everybody was smoking yeah. when we got back. <laughs> oh, that just, it just makes you know me I mean? think of like. But it was a cycle. Literally every summer it was like, man, I'm so on fire. For Jesus until the car ride back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just a grown-up youth camp. A grown-up youth camp. It, I mean, I, yeah, I don't even know if it's grown up. It's it's definitely college students. Yeah. Yeah, definitely college students. I've got to see this. Yeah. So there's also something happening in California. Like they're like churches coming together to do 40 days of prayer. Oh, I and didn't so, know about that. Yeah. Always and, get left off those email chains. <laughs> I might have unsubscribed myself, but... <laughs> But I mean, I think, yeah, today I'd love to talk about a whole bunch of things. There's yeah. so much going on, uh, you know, in the faith world, so much going on in the innovation world, in the AI world. Uh, you know, we recorded on, on the last podcast, we were talking about uh, the AI benefits and mm. all the exciting things. But man, that turned dark real quick. <laughs> now we've got woke AI. GPT. Yeah, woke GPT. We, got, <laughs> we have literally got uh, impersonations, uh, products being sold, pushed on people in the voice of prominent influencers. I mean, this got dark so quickly. You got people dating there. What do you AI. mean? I sent you something. What was that? There's somebody just having like conversations and they're having oh, like that's a relationship. Right. It's like the movie Her. Did you see that Joaquin Phoenix movie Her? No. I know what you're talking about. I don't think I've seen it. I haven't but... seen it. Oh, it's it's when you watch the movie Her, it's just so, it feels like, well, and it was like, I think 10 years ago right. when he's dating it. His iOS. Oh. Which is basically AI. And so anyways. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that article was fascinating that, you know, you literally think you're engaging with a human, but you're engaging with an AI bot. Yeah. That is knowing how to actually manufacture the right responses to engage you best, better than a human. Because there's no personal feelings on the other side. It's all algorithms on on depending on what you interact with, what the best case scenario response would be. Right. So the acceleration of relationship equity is fast tracked to mm. a point where you find you're in love with something that's not even real. It's that- that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, like that's sad. Really impressive technology, though. Yeah, <laughs> and sad at the same time. Very sad. You know that Very you've sad. fallen in love with a machine. Um, but yeah, well, think- and is there an end to it? Because if AI is going to continue to grow and change and learn and become more human-like, mm. do we, like really can someone actually have a long-lasting relationship with their? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, I mean, not. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't know what you mean. Actually, if I'm going to be honest with you, what are you, where are you getting? It won't be a fruitful relationship, but or a I fulfilling mean, for sure. But, but intellectual, I think maybe. about like the basics of it is. Why wouldn't you, it be though? Let's just peel that back a yeah, layer really good. quick. Why wouldn't it be a fulfilling relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, there's no intimacy on a well, physical intimacy level. Well, assuming that technology can get to that place too. Oh God. No, seriously. Yes. Good point. This is going <laughs> darker good than, question. than the world. No, because that, that, that is probably possible, right? Yeah, in like time. The actual bot. The yeah, Tesla that you bot. Would, that you would have a, a, a real lifelike robot that you can interact with. And yep. um, you don't have to get too crazy, but have physical touch with, right? Yep. Um, and so at that point, if people are interacting with at an intellectual level and could potentially interact with at a physical level, what then makes real human beings different? I think we'd have to talk about the procreation level. There you go. I think we'd have to talk about the purpose of, of a life um, 
lasting level. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, that this is obviously a so being finite actually is yes a big part of the human experience. I think being finite or what we call mortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the procreation one is an obvious one, but a powerful one. I think that's why, you know, I'm a big proponent for understanding the purpose of marriage, right? The purpose of marriage isn't just for partnership. Mm. Um, I think that's where the argument goes down, why we legalize all kinds of marriages, you know, and right. what we articulate as a marriage being legal is because we think, well, if it's just for happiness and it's just for companionship and for partnership, then why can't we broaden the boundaries of marriage to anybody who just wants that partnership? But what we know is, one of the primary purposes of marriage is procreation, that it's two right. humans coming together to produce, to multiply, to populate more humans and to continue that that culture and to continue your legacy, your heritage um, is, is even effective beyond – I mean that is the central purpose uh, of the marriage, even beyond happiness at times. Well, if the – bot or the algorithm is conditioned on maximizing happiness, Correct. that also is a departure of the purpose of growth. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So you get a companion that Who's a pushover. is just so good at making you happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You stay stuck. You stay <laughs> in yourself stalled. and you're probably going to be a tool. And we know iron sharpens <laughs> iron, right? you know? And so some of the sparks in relationship that you, you flesh out is actually what makes you a better human, mm. makes you better together. Um, but if they're just compliant and complicit, it's actually more of an abusive relationship than like it's one-sided. Right. It's been fascinating to me and a little bit disappointing to understand as I've dug into how they've created the model a bit more. They've explicitly in their blogs have said they've trained it based on values that are conditioned towards their political persuasion. Right. Yes. And so that's Talk why people are that. talking about that it's woke GPT now because people are realizing if you ask it certain questions, it will literally, so the the example that they give is if you ask them, ask chat GPT about beauty, it'll give you a very sanitized response because there's this idea that, oh, well, you know, we can't really define. We can't do fat shaming. We can't do any of these things. Exactly. And so it's very going to be you know, whether you want to call it woke or PC or whatever. It'll be like um, beauty's in the eye of the beholder type of thing. Yeah. Not even that. It'll just be like, oh, we cannot comment on that. Oh, wow. All. So it won't even take a position. Right. And so there's ways you can circumvent <laughs> it's so that. so PC. Yeah, there's ways you can circumvent it. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of other things that if you ask it, it'll be very clear the political leaning that mm. it has, which is a little bit disappointing to, to realize. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Not I surprising mean, though. I mean, what is the agenda at the end of the day? Uh, the, the tin foil hat side of me wants to go, it's, it's human control. Mm. It's population control. It's mind control. It's dictating uh, society down a particular you course. Said the tin foil. Well, you know, it's like my <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Is that a Wizard of Oz? It took reference? me a while to figure out what the reference was. No, it's the conspiracy theorist, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you put the tin foil hat on oh, so the, that's right. yeah, the yeah, aliens yeah. can't read Doomsday. your brain thoughts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the satellites can't see your, okay, your you things. Know. That's Wizard of Oz. I'm not crazy. This is it's like it's a saying, right? It's a saying. No, it's, I, it's for the conspiracy theorists. And, you know, I have got a tinfoil hat for situations like this because I'm trying to see what's behind what, what's the urgency to create uh, this, this AI bot mechanisms and these, these relationships uh, and oh, why wire them from. So you're saying that the agenda is to indoctrinate quickly. 
right? I feel like you're trying to box me in is here, that, Katrina. Is that what you're saying? Um, I should have said, sorry, let me, let me pose it as a question. Are you saying? <laughs> yeah, so you're saying, uh, what am I saying? What I think what I'm saying is uh, essentially we are witnessing um, society move at a rapid rate towards some unknown areas, mm. right? Yes. Uh, dehumanizing is yep. what we could call it. Wow. Uh, if we're going to really wake up, we're dehumanizing a lot of stuff. Um, because we're putting it in the hands of algorithms, machine learning and those kinds of things that ultimately mimic emotions but don't have that moral emotion at the background Yeah. that the moment you take the moralistic perspective out of things, that's a dangerous pathway yeah. and a slippery slope. Right. Um, that or not even trying to take out the moralistic aspect, trying to impose a moralistic yeah. framework right. Yeah. Right. that is probably not tried and true. Right. Yes. Right. You know? It's it's refined or based on a different ideology. Based on a yeah. very, I guess, elitist point of view of what you think moral yeah. morality is, right? Yeah, and it's all under the guise of innovation, mm. of accelerating products, accelerating and exploring what this could be. But are, is there a wrong rate of innovation? Yeah. Is there mm. too much innovation? Or is there too much acceleration where we don't have to stop gaps in to go, is this the pathway we want to venture down? Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm leaning a lot towards capitalism most of the time and believe in free markets, if we can have free markets, mm -hmm. uh, in the truest sense where competition will sort it out, where people will start realizing the dangers of things and the benefits of things and, you know, let the market decide. I guess where my mind goes is, are there certain mechanisms in place where it's not truly a free market? Right. <laughs> so know? that's what I'm saying too. Yeah. So I believe in the free market challenge. Yeah. I believe that everything has an equal and opposite effect mm -hmm. in a free market. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a, if there's a product that excels, someone's going to make something that's better or rival it, uh, that balances it out. What I feel the opposite to that capitalistic free market society is control. There it is. Okay. So if we can if we can control a society through a way of thinking, optimized through programming AI to have a planned response, then we actually mind control a society to not be a free market society. So uh -huh. there is no competition and challenge. Right. Um, right. I guess when you think of communism in its purest form, it's no challenge. Mm. It's dictated. Mm -hmm. There is there is there's no response that you can have. It's like this way or no way. Yeah. Um, and so you need pressure. You need uh, persecution. You yeah. need all those things to be able to control people. If you could take that off the table and it's just conditioning through right. the mind, then uh, then people think a certain way. Uh, so that's, let me take the tinfoil hat off now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that wasn't too tinfoil-y. Yeah. I felt like that was reasonable. Good, good. You know, that's, that's great. I'll qualify that. But, you know, I think uh, innovation, let's, let's maybe just keep it in that realm of innovation for a second because I've been also fascinated at the innovation of, of, of life and society and something that I wanted to maybe just chat through and blending the innovation world and the church marketing world. There you go. Mm. Uh, what yeah. we saw over the weekend in the NFL was this, uh, this I don't know, I'd never seen it before. But this marketing campaign. Oh, he gets us. He gets us. Yeah. Have you seen this? I just watched it before uh, Katrina sent me something. Brittany yeah. sent me something. Mm -hmm. I was like, I yeah. didn't actually see it at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Um, I just caught up on the, the halftime show, Rihanna. 
Uh, yeah. Pregnant Rihanna, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, good honor. But uh, the, the, the He Gets Us uh, campaign yeah. was interesting. Yeah, 20 million, right? Put into this particular campaign. Invested in. No, I think wow. it's more than that. For uh, so specifically for for the Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl for the Super yeah. Bowl, yeah. but I think this has been going definitely. on. Definitely, I think it's it like 120 million. Yeah, Whoa. that's been invested. That's some serious cash. Yes, I could do a lot. Um, with 120 million. Yeah, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think I think do I believe in the proposition that we come up with a campaign to uh, invest heavy amounts of money to communicate a message? Mm. For sure, that's evangelism 101. Right. Uh, we do that at at Vive. We we put you know, campaigns on billboards, billboards, been very successful, been very strategic in what message do we want to communicate to bait people. I think what I'm looking in this situation is um, you've had somebody who's got behind a program, funded it heavily. Yeah. I think it's the Green family. Yep. Yep. Hobby Lobby. And, um, you know, they've, they're cashed up. We all know that. They're very yep. cashed up uh, in a really good position. They've got behind a campaign. The problem is the campaign. Right. Not the idea. The actual campaign. So you're not you're you're not opposed to the tactic. I'm not opposed to the tactic at right. all. I'm okay. I'm 100 for the tactic. Interesting. I think if you're going to put 120 million dollars, and I may be presuming that too much here, but I would definitely put some marketing roundtables together right. uh, outside. Sometimes I think you know because I, I exist in church worlds. If you have you know some really excited excitable people in a room, you end up making a decision that later you go, why did we make that decision again? Right. Oh, we've, like, we've been in those meetings. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Hype each other up. Yes. Exactly. Best idea yeah. ever. Like all bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah. And just early like, doctors. Yeah. <laughs> and then you Definitely come back later you. and you're like, what were we? <laughs> well, we had too much juice. You know what I mean? Like, no, we, it's like when you put it out in the world for the first time and you get the puzzle look, you're like, oh, we got to get back in the last. <laughs> yes. Like we were definitely totally. gassing each other up a little bit too we much. Were, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I, I actually think that the pitch meeting went too good because people were <laughs> juiced man they had too much espresso and uh they're like he gets us meaning he you know gets oh i feel so gotten <laughs> you know i feel i feel so I, yeah, I feel so understood and, and we could communicate this message but you i know, know how these pitches go though they're, they're they're hilarious it's just how you deliver it yeah the, yes. how you sell it it's like he gets, gets <laughs> us <laughs> it's just like it's that drama no it probably started with this he gets you yeah. And then someone said, hey, he gets us. And then, and then and the, the like, room's crazy. Hi, then the room is crazy. crazy. <laughs> Change and then, the yellow and then there's the someone, US, yeah. Jesus, us, right. us and Jesus. And yep. there's someone there that's saying, um, I like it. Can you under, Can you explain it? And then like, well, you immigrated, right? Yeah, I did immigrate. Oh. Well, Jesus immigrated. Oh, oh my God. you know what I mean? And they're just like probably riffing off each yep. other. Uh, the problem is, I think fundamentally with that campaign, he gets us. The emphasis is on us. us. Yeah, I thought the same thing actually <laughs> yeah. before even talking to you. I thought the same thing. I right. was like, "Oh, that's so interesting." Our society, right? Mm. That we're so focused on people getting us. Right. Right. Absolutely. We, we want God to be so fixated, and you know, the Bible says He is. Right. But we we want God so bad to yes. get us. Yes. I want to be understood. You know, it's like, but. Could we get God? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Absolutely. Um, does that actually change things more? I don't know. Yeah. So I think, you know, for if you're going to pump $20,000 into this, give it a crack. But to back it <laughs> on a Super Bowl ad, yeah. Super Bowl you level. know, you just, you went full conviction. What's been the chatter? Like, what's been the reception generally? What have you guys seen? I honestly don't know. Okay. 
I haven't. Well, that's my that's my concern yeah. is like I would have thought that I would have known about this yeah. sooner because apparently there's been a big buildup. Yes, there has. And been. this is the yeah. first time like today I watched it post yeah. Super Bowl, and I'm like, oh man, I I wish if there was 120 million dollars, I would have known about it more. The chatter's <laughs> been because I'm Christian. Yeah, yeah. So the chatter's been. I mean, I think it's split from what I've seen, and I'm sure it's going to continue. But you see it kind of split down the middle, where on one side you're either like. You're Christian and you're excited that Jesus's name sure. is on Super Bowl Sunday. Sure. I mean, like you pay obviously top dollar for a Super Bowl ad. But Seven million, I think, yeah. like per ad. Right, um, and then Super on the Bowl. other side, you're like buzzkill because we were just trying to like have yeah. drinks and eat our snacks while watching Rihanna. Oh, you know? interesting. Or, or, sorry, sorry to watch the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> I keep saying it's a Rihanna concert. No, mainly, that was mainly, mainly that's it's the, right. most people do, right? But that was the response. People yeah. were mad because so just like it's a buzzkill because you're just. Like, oh, you like Super Bowl Sunday, you're not expecting. You don't think about Jesus on Super Bowl. Yeah, and then <laughs> oh my gosh, which, that's another topic. Oh my gosh, well, because one of the ads was <laughs> I, I can't remember if this was actually on this that Sunday, but one of the ads are like, "Are you sometimes lonely?" Jesus was lonely too. Like that's you know, it's you felt loneliness, he's felt loneliness. You're isolated, and so you know, Super Bowl, you're like people are. I saw the one that was like <laughs> excited. The about children, football. the children. It yeah. was a little bit creepy. Yeah. But it was like children, and then uh, a track, and then at the end, it was like he didn't want us to be adults. He wanted us to be. <laughs> he kids. wanted us to think or like something. Kids. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I was just like, yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't even understand that. Um, and I've been to seminary. <laughs> but I mean, do you think? Okay, look, they're using all the right tactics. We've talked about this before in lots of our meetings about marketing and social media and how like. You've got to play the game to get the name out there, right? Mm. So they've got um, some of their social media ads are something like post pictures of your kids, send us pictures of your kids um, doing something that's selfless, right? And then so some of the, the pictures that they're using as examples are like a kid's laying on the floor of a bathroom so that another kid can stand in front of him so he could use the urinal. <laughs> it's like Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was talking about. That was yeah, weird. so <laughs> he gets us. So, but there, I mean, isn't that the right tactic in social media? It's like utilize so parents is, who want to send photos of their kids and, you know what I mean? It's like, sure. yeah. yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm merging the faith space, the innovation space. Cause right. I, what I want, where I want to give them credit is they're being innovative. Yeah. They're trying something. They've been able to raise capital so good. to get behind this. So good. So that's there exciting. is some incredible success. Now we're going hard on the campaign, right, right. but we're going hard on it from a Christian perspective. Right. But maybe the audience dictates the message mm. sometimes for effect. And this is where I feel like the innovation element comes into it, that they're not trying the tried and true methods. Right. They're trying something different. And we're here taking pot shots at it, you right. know, obviously because we're having fun and we're just playing. But I, I guess innovation, the success of innovation is not in the trying something, but it's in the proven yeah. side of it. Yeah. And time will tell, did this work? Totally. What's the metrics though? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, is this, are we going to see churches now have on their card, how did you come today? He gets us campaign. Right. You know, how do you, how do you measure the success of something? So, so my thing is what we've got potentially, I'd like to know, and maybe there could have been a, if we had $120 million, which they do, could they have spent a section of that yeah. investing into a, a maybe a national church campaign. Totally. Where churches could plug, have had plug the, them into a local church. Had, a, had an opportunity to sign up yes. to say, I'd, I'd like to be a part of this. Yes. If you're going to give us free marketing, yes. point us towards our church. There's going to be a network of churches to join. And we will give you feedback on how many people come from the He Gets Us campaign. Right. 
then we can all know was that a successful 120 million or is this the green family just going we're willing to just donate that much money just right to see if it works right yeah, I think there's there's some exciting things like you said about, oh, okay, maybe we're going to normalize investment into these type of tactics, which yeah. we all agree, cool, let's take shots. Yep. Um can can we learn from it? Can we get smarter? Probably. Um you know, I was But my thing is how do you get smarter without the feedback loop? Exactly. Exactly. I think that's right. I also love the idea that I mean, the feedback loop should have been in conjunction and hopefully it was at some level it just didn't translate with local church pastors, yes. right? If this is really going to build the kingdom, if we believe the local church is the hope of the world that does that, then it didn't seem like there was a coordination there. Um, and for how much, um, you know, cynicism there is around like Joel Osteen and stuff like that. I was actually sitting in a session about six months ago with Joel Osteen where he was actually sharing his genuine heart of anytime he's preaching post a football game on a Sunday where he's televised, um, he's trying to connect people to their local church right. in their city. Right. And that intentionality, I think that, that is, we need to close that gap. If we're going to spend $120 million, like let's, let's definitely bring some collaboration there. hundred percent. Because I think what we, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to lead people to Christ? Are we trying to people make Jesus more uh, applicable or more acceptable in society? Right. What's the goal? What's the target? I think with any marketing campaign, you've got to be able to define the win. Totally. And uh, a campaign like that is not, in its entirety going to lead someone to a salvation moment. No. Okay. It, it at best is going to create a different perspective of what they've viewed of Jesus before. Um, it brings Jesus into the current. It doesn't say he got us, he gets us. So, yeah. so I got to give some credit for that. It, it brings Jesus into the now, into their situations. But would I know what to do with that information? Mm. Um, and is there a feedback loop to say, are we going to re-up another 120 million because that works? Do you guys think that there's even, you know, do you think that's the main problem? Awareness though, even like, you know, awareness of what though? Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it seems like this was an awareness, a campaign for Jesus <laughs> or a rebranding campaign for Jesus. So that yeah. Jesus is not seen as hateful. It's definitely a rebranding for sure. Relatable. I mean, I think. Um, so this article in NPR says that the group behind the campaign has purchased um, or intends to reach over $1 billion in spending for this campaign over the next wow. three years. Wow, $1 billion. So like a major brand, like a global brand, right? Like that's the same type of spending you'd see for If anybody's a listening campaign. to this and knows Is there the a team, website? Knows a team and would love some pro bono work from this small team from the Silicon Valley. We'd love to help. Oh, we're in. We're in. We are in. We'd love we to have will. input. We'd love to put resource towards it. We will to make it effective. Us. Yeah, to make it effective it, from a humble position. I mean, it's it's awesome that there's people thinking about it this way, but I think it could be more effective. Right? And is there a website? He gets us.com. There is. And um, so they did a interview with I think it's oh, Christianity Today. Right. The reporter for Christianity Today was reporting on it and it says, um, and I, this is his report on it, that it's attempting to appeal to groups that may have felt excluded or repelled by the church in recent years, like members of the LGBTQ community, different races and ethnicities, oh. those who lean more liberal politically, or people who have kept up with scandals of abuse. Okay, so it is a rebranding of Jesus's acceptance. Right, yeah. Yep, Yeah. and awareness around that. No matter who you are. He gets you. It's interesting. Yeah. Whatever interesting. you feel, whatever you think you are, 
whatever you identify as. Oh, this is this is um. This actually gives me a little concern. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um. And so the concerning thing is when I go to the website, there's several hashtags. Hashtag uh, love that goes on with this campaign. Hashtag mm-hmm. hope. That's mm-hmm. great. Hashtag struggle. Okay. Then it goes into hashtag justice and hashtag activist. Right. For, for me, um, and obviously I've got to do some digging here, but um, yeah, how did uh, – was Jesus fed up with politics too? Hmm. No, it doesn't say was. It was Jesus was fed up with politics too. Mm. Yeah. Um, some of this is a bit of a reach, right? Mm-hmm. Because the politics in Jesus' day is very different from the politics that we're facing today. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the correlations, I can try and see the connection that's being made here. Uh, to put a, a billion dollars into this um, over the next how many years? Three years. Over the next three years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, 120 that's, million that's, was that's already, already, wow. already shocking. Uh, to, to double down on a billion dollars. I'm going to side with you, Vance. Please invite us into the room. <laughs> like, let's let's run a few campaigns. Yeah, and don't double, triple down, quadruple down, billion dollar down onto mm. that one campaign. What if we try a few different things? Mm-hmm. And what if we actually promote the house of God mm-hmm. instead of re- yeah. rebranding Jesus and bring him to a website? What are you connecting people to? That's it. I mean, you know, people love. Uh, you know, reading and researching Barna studies. Mm-hmm. And it's clear. It, it is it is absolutely clear that generally there's either a stagnation or a decline in the overall B, big C church yes. right now. So that's what I was saying is like, is really the metric an awareness problem around Jesus or more of a connection to the local church problem? Because that's what the stats say. And that's an actual real stat we can try to influence, yes. right? How do we stop the decline of the local church? Yes. And how do we get that back to a neutral positive? Yes. Right? Because this billion dollars actually uh, enhances the decline. Yeah. Because mm. it's it's isolating it from church. Totally. Literally the message is he gets us. So you, you're busy? <laughs> Jesus was busy. He gets us. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have time for church? Jesus didn't go to church. He didn't right? go to church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he came to build the church, but he didn't go. You know, so I think um, the longevity on the other side of this, for me, I think maybe I'm just sad about the fact that there's a there's a billion dollars that That's know, out there. could be used better. <laughs> oh, there, I mean, okay, so website. Our agenda, this is their, I guess their vision statement or mission statement. Our agenda is to rediscover the love, of, love story of Jesus, Christians, non-Christians, and everybody in between, all of us. So I, I mean, I think it's just capitalizing so on deconstruction. Is there a place to like sign up to learn more? Oh. Is there a place to connect to a local church anywhere? Uh, there's a take action um, to read about Jesus. There are some. So this is called in Silicon Valley terms, right? Bounce rate. And so understanding if people are staying on the website, if people are engaging sure. with the website, you know, famously, Facebook, when they started, they had a magic number where if you made seven friends within, um, you know, a week, then you're locked into right. the platform. Right. Sticky, yeah. And so if you're going to, and they didn't even invest a billion dollars originally in Facebook. Right. And so now Facebook 
Meta being one of the most influential platforms on the world. Just think about it. If we took like a more Silicon Valley approach <laughs> to investing a billion dollars to solve um, a pressing issue that we have in terms of the departure of faith in America, um, we could have an incredible impact. <laughs> you know, if we actually define, okay, what is what is the departure? Why is the departure? If we if we say Christianity is a platform, mm. and if we say church is the operating system of that platform, then how do we increase engagement? What's that magic moment? And surely, with a billion dollars, we can make. An I'd like to know how impact. much a uh, not a not a major brand, but an emerging brand. How do, how much do they spend on marketing over a three year period? Mm. That's that would be interesting to know. Yeah, that'd be a good. Uh, kind of thing to to research. So they put a billion dollars into billion dollars a brand. Yeah. Well, I mean, in venture capital terms, to start a whole company, to to grow mm. a company, I don't think people are getting billion dollar investments in Series D. Series with right, yeah. like with product market fit, with millions of users, with high you high know, ARR, ch Chat GPT fastest growing user base of all time, like yeah. a million users in like a day or something like that, got a ten billion dollar investment from Microsoft, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that is something that is like literally the most cutting edge, fastest growing thing that we've ever seen in business building. Um, right. But we're talking about. You know, and that's going to produce like a multi-billion-dollar organization that so many companies are probably going to build on top of OpenAI. You know, what what are we getting for the billion? I think that's kind of the mindset shift, right? Is how we think is like, what are we getting for the billion? <laughs> what are we building with the billion? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's there is a a I mean, yeah. What do you? What's the fruit? Exactly. What do you, fruit? Because it's. I mean, I don't want to take it too much we're trying to keep this in the innovation space right don't want to take it too down the church avenue but their good stewardship right too is like how do we keep replicating that mm. how do we do the invest the billion and is it is it in lives saved well how do we measure that exactly is it people added to the community of faith right. how do we measure that right if you don't have a feedback loop is my thing how do you know the success of something and one of the dangerous things is we keep stuffing money down the wrong chute that's just going into the trash, not actually where we could be building kingdom and we could be expanding the kingdom in, in a way. I don't think Jesus needs a PR team. Exactly. Like no. he didn't come to plan a PR team. Right. In fact, at the moments where he would have got the best PR, he backed out of. Right. And at the height of his PR, he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. That's not a campaign, Jesus, that <laughs> we want you to go yeah, with. Yeah, what a bad um, And he lost all his followers. But his mission wasn't about a PR. It was to build people into the kingdom, to save mm. them, to set them free. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know if someone is going to read a he gets us or see he gets us ad or a campaign and be like, oh, Jesus isn't that bad. Cool. Right. Like at the moment, I think that's if that does happen, oh, maybe I've Jesus isn't that bad. Mm. Maybe Jesus isn't just a tyrant or a white supremacist or whatever their right. view is. Right. <laughs> okay, it's still not enough to take them through. Why would I follow Jesus? And, you know, because a lot of people get us. And I like how you said, you know, how do we measure that? And I think the the counter 
point to that would be like, oh, it's not all about metrics and all about measurement. I don't know. Like, I, I see a lot of numbers in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see a lot of. I see a lot of. Oh, there was three thousand added. There was. Yeah. So somebody's counting. Of course they were. How do they know it's three thousand? Of course. Of course. <laughs> there was five thousand. Somebody's counting. Of course. How yes. do they know it was five thousand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to stay out of the Bible as much as I can. You know, because I'm trying to not preach at at everybody. But the you know even the parable of the talents makes it very clear that to exactly. the person who was principle. given one talent yeah. who returned that same talent was called a wicked and lazy servant. Mm. But the good and faithful servant returned 10x, you know, what was given. That's uh, right. So, yeah, there is there is return. There is stewardship. Um, but, okay. The, okay. This you is interesting. To, okay. I am just doing digging as you guys are talking. Excellent. The, That's what you're here um, for. I'm here for that. Um, so the, the foundation connected to He Gets Us, which – apparently, uh, according to USA Today, claims that they they say they, they are not politi- politically connected to the right or left, right. but they are a nonprofit and a subsidiary of the Servant Foundation. Yep. Okay, digging. Ser- Servant Foundation is connected to the Church of the Servant, which is currently a reformed church. And, oh, re- and from what I understand, and I'm trying to, I could be wrong, but it looks like they're revisiting their stance. On things like LGBTQ. Oh, that's wow. obvious. Right. So I could have told you that without digging. Right. So find me something new. <laughs> <laughs> cool. There's All right, we'll cut that out. Are, Thanks, Ruben. You can cut that part a lot out. Of churches revisiting. Just that. trying to sound smart. He's like mocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, well. Okay, so I, I want to maybe pivot topics then. Yeah. Yeah. Let's We've go. Reduce that one. Yeah. Okay. He gets us. Go. What do you got next, Katrina? Well, I think that. I think that, well, I don't know. How do you pivot from that? Yeah, I feel, sometimes you talk about something and you go, oh man, now I feel like uh, uh, a little bit harsh on it because they're trying. So on one hand, I'm applauding the innovation. I'm applauding the fact that whoever's leading this campaign, that's a win to be able to get a billion dollars for your campaign. My goodness. Well, what would you do differently? Like if we had to- Everything. (laughs) Like what would be the- what would be the campaign or the tactics? What would the method? Okay, you know? so if someone is willing to offer up a billion dollars yeah. for us to build something, sure. That's what would be the agenda sh- and what would be the feedback loop? What would you? What, how would you put that together? Shake the kingdom. Um, I think we need products. I think we need accessibility. I think we need uh, integration. I think we need uh, to develop to put it behind uh, something that can service the church. And help the church know where we're at, know where we're winning. Give go. us, give us tools yeah. that are technological tools. The church uh, has a message that is uh, the same, but our methodology has to change. But our methodology is so far behind the Silicon Valley, and the tools for social media, the tools for social engagement, the tools that are out there that we try and take those tools and make them work for the church. What if we had church engineered and oriented there tools, but we don't have the backing to do that? But if we had a billionaire like the Green family willing to back church products that facilitated social communities within the Christian kingdom and how to to, to free up people to uh, evangelize and to right. invite mm. and to do that kind of stuff, man, investing into that, that's where I would pitch. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting, right, where the church planning model, I feel like for the last decade has been very much focused on, number one, 
new church plants. Okay? Yes. We just need more new church plants, more new church plants. Um, then we're going to invest some of that money into playbooks for mm-hmm. these new church plants. And then we're going to connect them to Digico LED lights right. and get the <laughs> get the templated look and feel right. of what the modern church looks like, right? And so to your point, I wonder if some of that investment was shifted towards things that actually grow the church. Yes. You know, yes. Um, to actual measurement tools that can grow the church, that to actual tools that outreach to the communities, um, to actual tools that bring people in funnels and bring people on journeys and bring people on discipleship you know, programs, right. Yes. Where that were custom made for the church experience, right. Custom made that help <clears throat> innovate the way we do church. Exactly. Because what we're doing actually works. Right. So the greatest innovation is to take something that's working and make it better. Mm-hmm. So that's where tools can actually take it, but we don't look at what we're doing and how to make it better through technology. Right. So are there some technology plays that would actually make uh, discipleship better, make it more effective, make it vast. Because uh, even right now, you've got a, maybe a connection limit. How many people can your pastoral team connect with on a Sunday? That's right. But is there technology that can enhance the amount of te- connection pieces that you can do and help a, a growing community actually expand and scale That's right. uh, to uh, share data, to actually uh, have data feedback? I mean, one of the... I mean, you talk about church is one of the only places where you you don't really have good data. A terrible data. You don't know oh. how many you don't know how many users you have. If we no. if we're using Silicon Valley term, you you kind of to get numbers on a Sunday, you still probably got someone who's you know counting, clicking how many people come through the door, how many seats were filled, how many seats were vacant, yep. and that's good for a number metric. But what's the name of that person in that seat? Mm-hmm. How many siblings do they have? How many coworkers are they connected with? What's Facebook, uh, Meta, uh, Instagram? They figured out Twitter that you're connected to that circle. So if I get you, I get your sphere. Yeah. The church, we just got you, and hope you invite you. But but how do we know your world, and how can we help you reach your world? And it requires technology. And to it's do a that. very static connection, right? So like if somebody interacts, even with our website or our media properties, what I see is the same thing that Katrina sees is the same thing that you see. Yes. Right. But we're in different life stages and life phases. Right. And so we have this library of content at Vibe Church. You've been preaching for, you know, over 10 years at this point, recorded, logged, transcripted, everything, but we can't deliver a personalized experience for one of our members. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, just even the basics of what Netflix has figured out. Yes, the basics, exactly. <laughs> okay, like, but that, okay, can I ask you a question? Because then that involves us like, gathering and getting all this data from people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, basic so, data. But, when you sign up for Netflix, you give very basic data. You give your age, your gender, yeah. um, and then it starts to- Usage patterns. Yeah. Usage patterns. But why do you think that's a barrier for us as a church? To oh, resources. Get, we don't have the billion dollars. Okay. Give, us, give us a billion dollars. Comes so back to our- We will build- Yes. We will build that. Do you, you don't think that there's a barrier for people wanting to give their information to a church and even, you know, because we've run into that, right? People not even just wanting to sign in because you're worried about where your data is going to go. I think it's actually I mean? more like about even just the, the top quality of the funnel. Of, I think it's more about the quality of the product. I think people start yes. That's a good point. forgetting yeah. about T's and C's when they really want the product. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. You know, Correct. Everybody kind of knows like, oh, I'm giving something to WhatsApp, but like the product's really good. That's and true. And all my friends are on it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, know. and when you sign up for Netflix, you don't use your work email. You use your burner email. You're, use, you're using your email. <laughs> that's for those things, and that's fine if they want to use that email. But at least it's getting to them, right? 
and if it becomes, yeah, valuable and sure, I mean, a lot of churches are still like, hey, you know, fill out your new guest card and it's a piece of paper. Right. Totally. And now in the back room you've got uh, Auntie May who's <laughs> trying to decipher your handwriting <laughs> and you've got the wrong details. In. So, so there's so many gaps and it's archaic because we don't have a billion dollars of funding to do the, the simple your QR code goes straight to your profile that is – uh, good tags on what ministries you're connected to and what sermons you're consuming, uh, you know, those kinds of things that is really providing you a the, the simple technology that is available today right? in the social media worlds and in the Netflix worlds. Uh, and while we keep spending a billion dollars on a He Gets Us campaign, it could be going into tools to enhance the church into the stratosphere that these companies are in. Yeah, I mean... It just even the fascination with, I think, how these conversations go. I haven't been part of these conversations, but what I can imagine is like, oh, people just got to know. Right. People just got to know. But that's very limited. And that's like with a small group of people creating a campaign, the way that you're going to attract super talented people to actually build, like builders want to build. So how are we going to grow? Like how's the platform so of Christianity? How's the operating system of the church? How's yeah. it going to grow? If we can cast a compelling enough vision around this, how can we get people that are like, cause people are following visions, mm-hmm. you know, like Brian Chesky, brilliant, belong yep. anywhere, Airbnb, right? right? Like so Google smart. organize the world's mm-hmm. information, right? Like meta connect with your friends. Yeah. Um, and so how come we can't do that? And, and they've raised m- billions of dollars to be able to, um, attract the most talented people, grads from Stanford, Harvard, building these products. And that's why these products can scale because it has a high quality, right? We have one of the best mission and visions that we can articulate. There's apparently resources out there. Of course, there. apparently. <laughs> Billion dollars <laughs> that, available. That, that, that can invest into these things. And, you know, and so in some ways, my heart grieves for that billion dollars, <laughs> but in some ways I'm a little bit hopeful to understand, okay, cool. Maybe this is the test case then. Maybe this is the thing that breaks the seal. I mean, it's an expensive <clears throat> test case to, yeah. <laughs> to deposit a billion dollars because I think even fundamentally, uh, you've spent a billion dollars to market Jesus. Uh, but beyond that, we know that the Jesus people see as us. Mm. So has that billion dollars changed the church? Because they're still going to see the church. There you go. And okay, you might have convinced me that Jesus gets me, but uh, I still don't get the church. Yeah. And because the church is so antiquated and the church hasn't progressed. Yeah. Jesus said, I came to build the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's good. the church that are going to remain. And we're going to get people connected to the body. Totally. Totally. So a billion dollars spent on the body, on the church. And it's like you can't distribute a billion dollars amongst churches, but you could provide products and technology enhancements that could advance and accelerate. Whoever the knows the pitch guy. <laughs> yeah, I gotta meet him. I wanna meet him. I wanna, meet I wanna him know because he's that probably pitch. a really good pitch guy. Yeah. But we just partner with him yes. and share with him <laughs> an idea to there actually build go. the church. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I actually don't think it was that hard of a pitch. Mm. I think it was right person, right time. Right. I think what I've I've come to learn about uh, just through uh, conversations about you know the Green family—they're a very prominent uh, Christian family yeah. that are that are wealthy. That I, I've known that they've been poised and ready to spend money. Yeah. So you know it's like the perfect storm. Right. They're ready to deploy, and someone comes up with a half good idea, 
convince them in a pretty right. simple pitch. It might be over a, over a good Chick-fil-A sandwich right. or something like that. Yeah. And then before you know it, let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. Let's give a billion dollars to this. By the way, calling all other Christian billionaires and, and wealthy people, because I... You know, I commend the Green family too because their name always comes up. I feel always. like in anything happening in yes. Christendom and awesome. How come it's just their name? That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the only. Christian Why don't we have more names there, to talk about? That's a you great know, point. or people of uh, wealth that you know can deploy some capital. Yeah. into building the big so if, church. So if Christian billionaires are listening, yeah, to this come podcast, on. which they, they, they most probably yeah. are, <laughs> um, oh, let this be your challenge. <laughs> but talk to us. Yeah. Okay, final thoughts. Final thoughts on what? Oh, I've exhausted the he gets us thing. He gets us is done. Tell us us about your heart about the Hype Network. This is the Hype Pod. Um, Tell us your heart about the Hype Network because we've got some events coming up. um, Yes. But there's a vibrant community. The past pop-up that we did. (laughs) It was just fire. I love it. People didn't want to leave. Yeah. People were so inspired. We had every question. Yeah. They introduced themselves as I'm founder of so and so. Oh, yeah. I'm like, how many founders do we have in the know. room? And there yeah. was like 200 people in the room. I know. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We met so many founders. I mean, it was it was such a fire uh, time. It was so good. It was so good to get in the room with just people who are, um, I'd say, have an appetite to get around other founders, learn, to sharpen there was their a skills, there was a thirst. to share, collaborate. You know, it, it, it's opposite to what you might think. Sometimes I think people think I'm on this lane on my own. But there's so much community in the innovation so r- world yeah. and uh, space, and people are willing to share. They're willing to share their heartaches. Yeah. They're willing to share their secrets. Yeah. Because I feel like innovators want everyone to win. Right. We want to innovate together. Yeah. And uh, that's what the Hype Network is. We you know, did the one in the Silicon Valley. We're going on the road. We're going to uh, New York, yep. Miami, mm-hmm. Chicago. That's in the next couple months. London back here in the Silicon Valley in June. So we've got a whole bunch of uh, hype sessions coming up. Really where this came out of is just my heart uh, as really a, a church pastor to see what spheres can the church exist in. Come on. Outside of just your traditional church setting of a Sunday service, really can we start to see kingdom creation and innovation accelerated in, in you know, innovation tech, uh, medical, uh, finance, all these different spheres and start to approach it because the church once upon a time was the creative entity on the planet. There you go. The church was pioneering in song, culture, art, all these spheres. Huge. And now the church is catching up. And so we're what copying. We, we're, yeah, we're copying. We're literally trying to find our footing, you know, taking cues from the world. Mm. I think the only way to reclaim that territory is in the innovation space. Right. And so it's fostering communities of people where they can start to see their fit in the faith realm and that merge, that that emerging uh, industry of faith, tech, belief. Uh, I mean, you think about what it takes to actually found a company. It takes a lot of faith. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah. That's our forte. And, and it, it's it's interesting because there's been this uh, trope within Christianity where it's like, oh, um, if I want to be great, I got to be humble because that right. that is the Christian way, you know. Right. Uh, the Bible says to humble yourself. Right. Right. And I think we read things like the Beatitudes a little bit backwards because we hear things like Jesus saying, you know, blessed are the meek, mm-hmm. and then the world is like, ah. 
I don't want meekness because that's weakness. Mm. But then you don't read the whole verse. It says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the world. Right, <laughs> right. And so I actually don't think that, oh, you need to be humble to be great. I think you need to want to pursue greatness that's so good. to learn humility. That's right. so good. Because right. in the pursuit of greatness, oh, it'll humble you. Yeah. yeah. And you will have to rely on God. Yes. And so this space that we're creating, I think, is, is uh, giving permission to people to play bigger. Yeah. Giving yeah. permission to founders in that room like, oh, there's more faith filled people that are kingdom minded yes. that want to start business. Yes. And they're thinking about taking that market and they're thinking about taking that industry and they're using those technologies. And yeah. even totally. just the questions in the room where it's like they had burning questions. Yeah. And I just felt the sense that people were ready to play bigger For yep. sure. after that night. Yep. And yep. if we can catalyze that. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, it was something that I've always believed, and we've we've mentioned this number of times over the last decade, is that uh, uh, vision accelerates at the speed of relationship. Mm. And something we found at Hype Network on was that you're only one connection away from your breakthrough. That's it. I believe that, that the, the key moment of breakthrough is found in a connection that you didn't know you had. That's it. So getting into these rooms and getting into these spaces and striking up a conversation with yeah. someone, you know, who's a CTO potentially or who's run the play before and they can give you some hacks, that connection could be the very key to unlock the very thing that's been holding you back. And then we start to see that kingdom momentum uh, happen. And uh, that's, awesome. that's 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 just another reason. So can I turn this into an invitation? Yeah, sure. let's do yeah, it. Can we should. invite people out? Hypenetwork.org. You yeah. can register right from there. Yeah, register. Mm -hmm. Hype. No, there yeah. we go. That's all we need to do. Yeah. Give the website. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. It's been exciting to hear everybody's stories as they come back yes. from the sessions. They've been sold out. You know what's going to be great time. is, you know, uh, maybe two years, three years, five years from now, when we start seeing some of these founders get acquired, get funded, That's it. Uh, go IPO, yeah. and they can attribute, hey, it started a hype session where I got inspired. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Let's go. They're going to have a big outcome. We're going to be friends with them. And then I'm going to say, I got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> he gets us. He gets <laughs> Get out of here. You got a billion dollars. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to be part of one of our live sessions, well, we've got some pop-ups happening this year around the country. Just head over to hypenetwork.org to get more information and make sure to sign up for our email list so that you're in the know and you can register early as they tend to sell out. So hypenetwork.org, can't wait to connect with you. We'll see you there. <laughs>